right. Well, hello and welcome to the Casual Pros Podcast. My name is Ricari, and today... For episode six, I'm interviewing Jeff Easterling, who, oh. it sounds hilarious because we've been talking to each other the whole time. And <laughs> technically, you just interviewed me, so I'm going to it's return true. the favor. Oh, no. We're going to find out any and everything about Jeff. No holds barred. That's a lie because there's lots of shit that it's I won't look. It's true. That <laughs> <laughs> he'll look at me. You guys, for those of you watching, you, you'll see him do this. Mm-hmm. And if he slow blinks like that, you know, I've pulled the Jim Halpert. Look at the, I, I have <laughs> gone too far. So yeah, this episode is uh, all about Jeff, oh, we shall no. say, and I guess a skippable one. Introduce us, grim brother one. Who are you and where are you from? Uh, originally from Tampa, Florida. Uh, so native Floridian, we mentioned it last time is so your native Seattle, native Floridian, both. I think, uh, especially nowadays, people feel like they don't hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, not up here. Yeah. Not in this corner of, people, of the country. Like, and I think Seattle and Tampa uh, are like number one and number two for like crazy, like housing boom and people moving into like the city and the area and stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, but yeah, born and raised in, uh, Florida. Uh, my parents were super young when they had me like 16 and 20, 17 and 20, something like that. It was, oh, shit. Uh, okay. yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, so I'm very thankful for, uh, uh, my parents, uh, deciding to go through with that. Uh, <laughs> so, was, appreciate y'all. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I'm even more impressed that they kept having kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you say that. So afterwards, how large is the family? Um, so we, uh, in total, uh, with my mom and dad, we have, uh, there's five of us. So I'm the oldest of five. Um, they actually, we had, I had two younger siblings, uh, that, uh, that didn't make it. Um, uh, but yeah, but, but all, now, right now, I five. never knew that it was that it was two younger. Yeah, I knew it was yeah, one. one the first yeah, sister. One, well, yeah, uh, my my first sister uh, uh, passed shortly after uh, birth, uh, and then uh, my mom miscarried another one. So there gotcha. would have been seven, gotcha. which is uh, which is pretty crazy. Which would have been awesome. Uh, I absolutely love my my siblings. They're some of my absolute best friends in the world. Uh, but yeah, the oldest of five, four boys, and then uh, and the girl. I think they're just like, okay, we just got to get the girl. Okay. Got to get the girl. I just came out last. All good. All all good. But no, they're, uh, and they keep getting cooler, man. What are are the names? Uh, so, uh, next one down, uh, is Luke. Uh, he's the, the next youngest. Uh, and then it's Trevor and then Matt and then Rose. Uh, and there's like five years between me and Luke, five years between Luke and Trevor, and then two years each between Trevor and Matt, uh, and Matt and Rose. (laughs) So fourteen. Total. They were like, "Keep setting up the dice. We got, we got to knock yeah, this one out. Yeah. We, we don't have another five, five, five. Yeah, we can't yeah. do this. <laughs> we can't do this. And everybody is born and raised in yeah. Tampa, right? And yeah. Are any of them still there? Yeah, actually, all of them uh, are still there. So my brother, you're the defector, Luke. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm the the black sheep that flew away. Uh, but I wasn't the first one to move away. Actually, Luke um, played. Uh, he was a really great high school quarterback, um, and he went and played uh, a little bit of college ball at. Uh, Kentucky uh, Christian University um, for a season. So he and his now wife actually moved away um, uh, for, I guess it was about a year and then moved back when they had their first. Gotcha. So, yeah. And they're still in Florida. I'm, I'm happy to say that they've all come up to Seattle at one point yes, or another, right? That's, yeah. Yep, each, that, that's true. Each and uh, every single one of them. Matt, he hasn't come up since I moved. But he came up first. He was actually with me the first time I visited and kind of fell in love with the with the city. So, what did you think the first time you ever came to Seattle? Oh, I just I just loved it. I mean, first of all, the fact that you can sit in grass. Uh, <laughs> can you not sit in grass in you Florida? Can't. It's terrible. It's uh, it's it's crunchy. 
and stiff and itchy. Uh, it's so hard to describe. Uh, if Floridians will understand what I'm talking about, but I remember us sitting in one of the little parks uh, somewhere near Pike and just thinking like the grass, it's, it feels damp, but it's not, it's just, it's soft it's and it's supple. cold. It's <laughs> like you could lay down on it. Also no fire ants here because oh, it's too cold. God, so yeah. So it, Florida is basically America's Australia. Uh, it's just, everything wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the grass is, is, is itchy. It like, <laughs> I almost made a Zimmerman joke. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a rough town. It's a rough place. <laughs> you know, alligators working toll booths. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's uh, it, it, when I moved up here, it took me forever to, uh, to be, to actually feel like there wasn't something, if I'm going like kayaking or something like that, like they didn't want to eat me in a lake or a river or something like it that. It probably does. It's just not large enough true. or poisonous or venomous enough to do so. That's true. Could be like an amoeba or something like sure, that. Yeah. It actually yeah. brings up another question that I have for you and just a, a story opportunity. Tell us how old you were and about the first time you experienced snow. Oh man. I was 28. Oh, I was 28 shit. when I first saw snow. And what's funny is like, I, it's not like I hadn't gone places where it snows. I, I definitely had been places, but it was always when it was warm. Like it was, especially uh, I traveled a lot when I worked in uh, motorsports. And so, but when you go to a, a track, you're, I mean, we would go to Canada, we would yeah. go to Portland, we, you know, like, but it's all in warm months because that's the point, you know, you need it to be, in fact, the coldest races we ever had were in Florida. The coldest race was always the Daytona, the Rolex 24 hours in Daytona in late January, early February. Mm-hmm. And it was always nasty and cold and, and wet and rainy. And that was the Define nasty the and cold. So like in Florida, forties in Florida, it, you hate everything because it's damp and gross yeah. and humid and it eats right through you. Layers do no good. So it's funny, like here I'll be in jeans and a t-shirt into the forties. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, uh, like I wear no, shorts all no, year round. No, no big deal. Um, at Florida is like, there's a, just a really fast tipping point. It's like, ew, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Oh God. It's super cold. And I want to die. Like, uh, but yeah, so I, I was going to Washington DC, uh, with a group of folks, uh, from the university of South Florida. Um, and we were actually, uh, it was, they were going to speak with like representatives and stuff of Congress about certain environmental issues. Uh, and went up there, I think flew into Baltimore and then drove up if I'm not mistaken. And it snowed like 10 inches and it was the first time I had ever seen it was like, Oh gosh. And I'm driving in it and stuff like driving our rental car through. I loved it though. I thought that I thought it was great. Uh, like I didn't, uh, it didn't bother me at all. Um, and I just thought it was super cool. Um, we, I think we stayed in like Annapolis, the Annapolis area, like for, for those few days or whatever. Um, but yeah, I love snow. And now I like Seattle because most of the time last year was kind of crazy, but most of the time we get a few days of snow and it's cool. It looks pretty and it goes away. Yep. It's none of this shovel my way to work, uh, bull crap. No, if it snows, like we shut another, down. Yeah. The North so many damn hills. Yeah. Um, so no, I like that. And I like that I can drive in an hour and go see really cool snow in the, in, in the mountains. mountains are close. So if I want to see it, you know, you can go to crystal mountain or Rainier or Leavenworth mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so yeah. Yeah. 28. What year 28. was that? Actually? No. How old were you when we met? We'll just do that. So people have to do math to figure out how old. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well we met in like in Halo person Fest. in 2011. Yes. So I was 30. 
Okay, so it was just a couple of years before. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's always wild to me. I was trying to explain it to Emily, and yeah, I was like, "Yeah, Jeff was not. It wasn't that yeah, long born, ago yeah, that born in, born in eighty one. So, okay, you just you just crazy. told everybody flat out. That's all right. Whatever, okay. whatever. I was trying to help you hide it. Should you wanted that's, to do that, yeah, there's no hope. All right, so you're the the oldest of the siblings. Yeah, but I love that you guys have a unique naming convention. That's true. Um, the Grim. <laughs> so where did the name Grim come from, and how does everybody? reflect their grim status. What's funny is it's like, it really was just kind of like more happenstance. You know, if you grow up and you're in a big family and everybody, it's a thing, uh, especially if you have four boys and you know, everyone's like, Oh, you guys must get into a bunch of mischief and trouble. And you know, you guys are like, you know, like the brothers grim, like they always try to attach some sort of mm. kind of like label to you. Basically um, it's, it's kind of like the modern day, you know, where like, if you see a click of girls in high school and you said like, Oh, like mean girls and yeah. you know, like it, it would be like that. Uh, and so we then eventually just kind of used that and, uh, appropriated it for when we were actually doing gamer tags for Xbox live. And is that how it started? Yep. My brothers and I, uh, my, the, so the two oldest of us, um, we had, I think different ones. And then, uh, brothers three and four were going to get Xbox live finally for the first time. And so they're going to have a shared account. Mm-hmm. So they're well, well, what can we do that like is for the both of us? And so they're like, well, we all came up with, so why don't you guys be the Grimm brothers? They were, their original gamer tag was the Grimm brothers or Grimm brothers TM, which looks like Grimm brothers trademark. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's neat looking, but it's actually stood for Trevor, Trevor and Matt. And, Matt yeah. uh, and then eventually they got their own gamer tags. And so when they split, we all decided, well, we'll all do it. And so we went in order, uh, one, two, three, four. So we have labels. I don't know if we can see it. But yours is different, uh, yeah. right? Yours is... Well, mine's spelled. Yeah, yours is yeah. O-N-E. Yes, because I am a jerk and I wanted to spell the number. Uh, and also I'm a writer too. So it's like to me having a word versus a digit. I'm sorry, is Luke not a writer? Uh, well, but Luke was, when, it, when he started out, he was okay, focusing okay. more like on the actual playing and the athletics. So Luke has the digit uh, two, which mm-hmm. we can see more like on a jersey. Trevor. And then Trevor and Matt both are really big into like like fantasy, high fantasy and, and Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings, things like that. So they actually have three and four in Roman numerals, which is a, you know, a little bit more of just kind of a fantasy slash, you know, classical literary way to, to put it. So with, you know, being called the Grim Brothers and then Rosie comes along. Yeah. What do you do for her? Grim sister. She's Grim sister. Let's see, it fits. It's easy. It's done. Yeah. And easy. your father? Uh, he's Grim Prime. Yeah, Grim Prime. And then I think like uh, Grim Mimi is usually what my mom. So that's okay. I, you know, I had never, name. I had never. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's good. And my, my daughter who is, uh, going to be in her twenties. Yeah, you. I was about is. to get to that next. Oh, uh, sorry. But no, this, yeah. this fits, this fits. So yeah. tell us about the daughter. Um, so my daughter, uh, Morgan, who is an awesome human being, uh, and being a young dad, and we talked a little bit about, you know, your journey kind of like with, with your son, it's interesting now for me, like not being on the other side of the journey, just being farther along in it. And it's really cool now with her being an adult. Mm -hmm. And so that relationship dynamic changes. Uh, We just went together to the, uh, well, yeah, she doesn't change. (laughs) She still says something about somebody. I'm like, yeah, that's just not going to (laughs) last. But like, we just went to the, uh, to the Alabama, Michigan game and and like together. And it was just really cool to just like go the two of us and, and hang out and chat about life and, and things like that. And I'm always super, super proud of her. And she actually has, she has a tattoo like this on, like on the back of her neck uh, that says one, point one 
which is which is super cool. That's kind of uh, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's really neat. So it's funny. It's it has become something that just like. Uh, you know, again, it's a, really a family appropriation thing. Like our last name wasn't grim or anything like that. It was just kind of like people thought it was funny and then we're like, okay, well, I guess we'll make it funny. <laughs> so you had Morgan young, you said, how old were you? Yeah, I was like 19. You were 19. Yep. How did that rock your world or did it at all? So, well, like what's funny is it, it kind of almost seemed like it didn't seem out of the ordinary because my parents, parents were super young. Yeah. So like, I grew up when I was 10, my mom was 27. Like that's, that's insane. I mean, yeah, when I was 10, like, my mom was like now, 30, you know? Yeah. And so like, uh, so it didn't seem weird necessarily. It just comes with the natural challenges. Mm-hmm. And so I had to fight those, those battles and be young and dumb and not know how to, you know, manage money really well and not know how to, you know, so it's, um, it's funny. My, uh, uh, daughter told me a, a story like a couple of years ago or something that like she went to an Amscot, which is, uh, if you don't know, it's a, it's a, like a payday lending, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, cash, Dollar advance, tree. Yeah, cash yeah, yeah. advance kind of place. And, uh, and, uh, I used to have to go there quite a bit. Uh, I've been through those and she went there Shit, to cash a check right with now? a friend, with a friend of hers. And she suddenly realized what the place was for. And she like all of a sudden got really emotional, like thinking, what do you mean? What the place was so for? like, no, like uh, most of the time people are in there cause they're borrowing money ahead because yeah. they just Robin Peter yeah. to pay Paul. Yes. And so she just always saw it as the place that gave her free Tootsie rolls. <laughs> so like in her mind, she was just like, Oh, you're going on another errand with dad. It doesn't matter what it is you're going to the bank or the grocery store or, you know, wherever DMV, mm-hmm. who cares? Yep. I'm just sitting here, you know, and it struck her. Then she was like late teens or early adult. This is happened. I think it was a couple of years ago. And she was like, and I kind of just thought about like, Oh, what it is it like? And that was a really interesting moment for us, for her to kind of understand some of the, you know, the sacrifice and struggle that comes along uh, with that. And, and it was an, it was a neat opportunity for me to also be able to kind of remind her that it's always worth it and to have like a tangible kind of like display of like, yeah, this was tough. And you know what? I do it all over again in an absolute heartbeat, which is, which is, which is neat. It's not that growing up in an affluent situation is bad by any means, but in a lot of ways, I'm thankful for the lessons that were kind of afforded to me through that, that process in a way. And she and I have a a super unique relationship that if I had kids now or had kids, you know, whatever, like it would always be different. It would be something that was really, really unique, I think, and, uh, and specific to, to her, uh, which is really awesome. Um, is there anything that has happened in your life with your daughter that made you look back to your parents and go, shit, my bad. I get it. <laughs> oh, I get <man>. it. <laughs> I mean, stuff all the time. I, I, I think a lot of it was just, you know, making sure you always had a a job, making sure that you like, it's kind of like, and it's hard to almost sometimes not feel guilty about something. that's totally not your fault. Like it's not my fault that my parents were young and not my fault that like my dad, for example, probably turned down other adventures and, and riskier choices to do something. It was like, you know, my dad's gonna, you know, 
you know, go to, go to college and, and he's going to work at a meat packing plant and he's going to, I was like, that's not like fun stuff, you know, like, you know, but, but he's doing that to like make those sacrifices. And I think that having those moments as well, it's like, Oh, I could do this other thing. And it's easy on the outside looking in to be like, Oh, that's a shame. You had to turn X down to go with Y, but you never think that in the moment. You're correct. Like it's like, Oh, I never thought it was bad. And so it gave me such an appreciation for like my parents being like, Oh, it's no wonder you still just seem so happy all the time. Everyone else kind of looked at outside and in and be like, Oh, that's tough. But it's awesome to, to be like in the midst of it and, and feel like, Oh, that's why they were so, Oh, I've, I've had those clicks. Like, yeah. And I mean, and we were raised too in, in, in like, we were always like really close as a family, really kind of strong, like faith-based household. And so there was always just more, you know, there was always just something deeper, more foundationally that we all kind of like attached and anchored ourselves to as well. And so I think that that definitely helped. Uh, and that helps, you know, kind of push you through sometimes when, when things are, are tougher and leaner. And again, then you look back on it and it's, we're going to touch faith in a sec here again, because yeah. there was a question, but there's another one. Okay. I ask. You know, they always say that you st- or should at least strive to give your children that piece that you were missing. And for me yeah. and Liam, it's always, God, I hated not getting a packed lunch. Like that was the one thing that I felt like somebody was supposed to do that yeah. never, never once in my entire, let me make sure that's true. <laughs> the fact that you have to think about it though. I mean, from when it was. When my dad had a girlfriend when I like in kindergarten, first grade, I think yep. I got packed lunch. But once I could remember anything really like second grade, yeah. I don't think I ever had a packed lunch. So I love packing Liam's lunch. That's my one thing that I always try to That's give him, awesome. which means when he gets older, he's going to like have his kids and be like, man, this motherfucker never <laughs> let like, me buy man, school I lunch. I had barbecue to trade. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is there anything in your life that you felt was missing? Not negatively missing but that you strive to provide for Morgan to make it easier for her than it was for you. Oh man. Um, you know what? I think in some ways, uh, and again, this always comes back to more guilt on, on my end. Like I was like my mom finally last year, she went back to, she graduated college she went back to school after 25 years of homeschooling us. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, she went back and got her degree and I was super, super proud because I was like, Oh, you went back. And so sometimes like for, for my dad, I'm like, man, like I, I wish you would have just had the ability to take, you know, different risks and stuff like that. And so I think in some ways, even taking like my job, the job that I did out here and moving across the country, uh, I wanted to kind of do that to in some ways to show like my daughter too, like, Hey, like push yourself. And sometimes, you know, like you balance basically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the decisions, uh, that you, that you make. And I kind of did that decision both ways because I kind of also wanted to reward the sacrifices that my parents did. I kind of wanted to be like, you know what, like, uh, you know, I can just do kind of like the safe thing and just make ends meet. But at the same time, they sacrificed so much yeah. so that like so that we could do more and, and set ourselves up that I felt like, you know, it's like the parable of the talents. It's like, what, what you know, what what do you do with what you have been given to you like in, in invest? That's, that's a good point. And uh, and so that was kind of an interesting, in all honesty, like middle point that to me connected being a parent and being a kid of parents that had, you know, sacrificed a lot. Okay. 
So this next one, this is where we get deeper because this is always fun for me. Okay. You know, you talked about a faith-based household, but you also have a very Florida-based household with that comes very Florida beliefs. And I've always, I've always loved the discussions that we've had because no topic has been taboo. Yeah. And I'm curious about what it's like going from an area like Florida, which is a lot like Texas (laughs) and that, yeah, you have your faith in your household and that's it. And you know, we have the gun control debates or the Mm -hmm. abortion debates and what it's like to move literally to the opposite corner of the country. That is a very different belief set Mm -hmm. and surround yourself with a bunch of different beliefs. How does that shake and challenge your faith and your beliefs? And because you're in such a PR focused job that has you doing the song and dance of how do I answer a question without answering a question, but give an opinion without giving an opinion. How do you, how do you balance all that? Especially when the beliefs are so strong, usually on, so I think you and I, we, 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 we kind of stay in the middle. We see both ends. Gun control is one of my favorite. I love your dad's stuff about good guy with a gun. I'm like, I don't really believe, but I'm not against it. But, (laughs) but I always like watching you because you're usually the first comment that is so diffusing. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you, how the hell do you balance that? (laughs) What's funny is, I mean, that part is not really a song and dance. I mean, that's that, like, that is just me naturally too. I think a lot of it is I, I have such an appreciation for diversity of perspective. And I think it's really important on both ends. One thing that the internet, I think kind of strips from us a lot of times is intentionality. Yeah. And it's easy for me, like somebody else might see a post that a family member makes that's a more conservative slant or, or a classically mm-hmm. conservative thing. And it's real easy to jump. Oh, and be upset. Well, yeah. Obviously you say this because you a don't care about X, Y, Z or B you obviously think this, whereas I'm looking at it and I was, and, and I'm like, no, I, I absolutely understand the intentions behind why they feel a certain way. I mean, we were raised in a, in a, you know, around firearms and and, uh, to use that as an example in a very, really respectful and like a very like responsible ownership. We weren't, we weren't allowed to point toy guns at each other Mm -hmm. because, you know, it was driven into us that like, Hey, these things are, are weapons. tools, yeah. but they're, but like you Warrior have to have the, the, yeah, like the responsibility respect. about them and, and respect. This is not something you play around with. And, and so I always really, really appreciated that. So to me, uh, like I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I absolutely see where you're coming from, but it's equally important then to look at people who have had other experiences. Maybe there are people who either never grew up around that, or maybe they had tragedies that involved that. And that's going to color what they, what they think and feel. And so regardless of the topic, I think that's what I try to do. Look, that's and just I a good like life, life yeah, lesson. Like, like the, yeah, uh, I, I say this to Emily all the time. I'm like the easiest way to get what you want in life <laughs> is to understand both sides of the yeah. argument and to know yeah. what one intention is empathy and the other is. is, is like the unsung hero. You don't have to be sympathetic, but, yeah. but to be empathetic goes, yeah. God, it goes a freaking mile yeah, and a half. It's just like when you, I think when you can just kind of try to put yourself in like someone else's shoes in a way. I mean, even the whole idea behind like our our faith from a Christian perspective is that like you have someone like Christ who is the literal embodiment of walking the miles in someone else's shoes. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a God thing, but it's also a, a, a humanity thing. And so I think that's what we are charged with doing is taking our perspectives, but also 
you know, placing that in the perspectives of, of others. And I mean, I get it wrong all the time. Oh, all I mean, I, no, like, no one's perfect. And, and I can, and there it is. <laughs> I think it's funny. You're the first one to say that's usually my wife makes fun of me for saying that all, all the time, uh, rather predictably, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, my, my faith is something that's super, super important to me and drives and, and is the foundation of a lot of different things. And I guess I don't worry about it because like, my parents raised us to be really questioning about things and to be like skeptical about stuff and to put things to the test kind of, and like, and it's evolved some. It's almost why I almost feel like it's why you ended up with a career in like science yeah, and working at Mosey, which we talked about on another episode, but I had a fun conversation with my mom about this and how Mm -hmm. do you think your understanding of science and the world's understanding of science that goes on changes a faith. And what I mean more so is, God, I talked to my mom about the big bang theory and Genesis Mm -hmm. in the Bible and how they pretty much say the same thing, just depending on, you know, one's the answer to how and the other's the answer to why. Um, But how do you do that when so much of faith is from a book written thousands of years ago? (laughs) So I think the big, one of the big, keys about like maybe the Bible, maybe just a lot of things is it's not about you. Like meaning it's that to me is kind of the underlying most issues with society come from selfish intent, self intent. I want to make myself the most important thing and therefore everything needs to kind of reflect that. And I, I'm super guilty. That's why we have a podcast all the time. Yes. Yeah. uh, Um, but I think the nature is, is like that it isn't necessarily about you. It's real easy for us to think that certain things are unfair in the world or whatever. When you say it's like a kid being like, well, that's not fair. He got a bigger candy bar. (laughs) You know, it's just like there, there's such a, again, it's, it's, it's perspective. And we could do an entire episode, even on this type of thing where like, when you, if you go at it again, it's intention. If I go at it exploring science, I just want to know truth. So I'm excited to find out whatever that is. And and science to me, also people conflate, I think science with another, it's just its own belief or religion, which is not science, just a method. It's just a tool to go about figuring things out. And so when you apply that to stuff, uh, you know, like, the, the Bible describes creation as happening in six days. I mean, science kind of shows, in my opinion, that it took a gazillion years to do. So, but you like, know what's fun to say? Uh, what is the definition of a day to a being that is far yes. beyond our comprehension? Yeah, exactly. I said that to my mom and she went. Yeah. Well, oh. and it's funny. It's like, to me, it's like in science, your job isn't to think about those things. Your job is to like to look at the evidence. So if the evidence says, well, this takes 13 billion years oh, to, yeah. to, to form, sweet. And in my mind, I'm like, well, how does it, if God made everything and he decided to just snap his fingers and do it, it like, let's assume that those capabilities are possible. Well, then that's, that's just it. what happened. Okay. And it doesn't bother me either way. It, it, it changes nothing. I also like to say like, <laughs> mom, how does, how does an adult talk to a child? Yeah. If like, if he has the understanding, let me just say days. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that people will hear that and they'll be like, well, that's really, that's demeaning. And that's, that's, but again, that's making it about yourself again. That's getting mad because I mean, constantly, I think there's a reason why the Bible uses the father, son to the parent child analogy a lot in that is because there are things, you know, it, it you know, when you're just at a different point, you, exp- you know, you use things to explain, uh, things in different ways. Uh, and 
yeah, it's just a, a different spot in the universal hierarchy, I think. And again, that's, that's what I believe. That's life. And if, and, uh, and if other people believe other things, I'm super supportive of that. Okay. <laughs> like I, 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 I am adamant, you know, to kind of like fight for folks to find that truth for themselves. Uh, because if it's, if it's shoehorned and if it's forced upon you, I don't think it means as much. Makes sense. All right. Lightning round time. Yeah. One word answers. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Wow. What a thought. Coke there. Definitely from yep. being in this house. Uh, McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Pizza Hut or Domino's? Pizza Hut. Best toppings on a burger? Barbecue sauce, some sort of like mozzarella or provolone, uh, grilled mushrooms. Favorite type of cheese? And favorite type of bread? Let's, uh, let's, like let's fresh buffalo mozzarella. Favorite type of bread? Uh, maybe like a focaccia bread or something. Okay. Barbecue or classic wings? Classic wings. Wow, classic wings. Yeah. So you go barbecue sauce and a burger, classic wings. Yeah. Okay, favorite candy bar? Score <laughs> or zero? I haven't, I haven't heard those in so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, pineapple on pizza? No. Okay, just no, make sure. I'll give it all to my wife. She likes pineapple and there pizzas. We go. There we go. It's okay. All right, well, Jeff, we made it through episode six. Yeah. Thank you much for letting me grill you on. That's true. So many things that I didn't get to either, but we have. I know. Episodes. Yeah, we didn't even talk. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch. It'll come up. Yep. So that's it for us. Another episode uh, next week. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. No idea what the topic's going to be yet, but we'll nope. figure that out in like the next 30 seconds. Sounds good. All right, y'all. Later.